0: Hi Latoya, perfect, I see you can screen share. Please put that on the first slide. We'll give people a few seconds to join us and we'll begin
1: shortly. You're on mute right now. Okay, yeah, let's talk to myself. Okay, (laughs) I was just asking how are things going in Canada? It sounds like y'all are still at home like we are here.
0: We are, we are definitely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Waiting for this pandemic to go away so we can go back to doing all the things that we were doing before. (laughs) Yes. Great, people are starting to join us. We'll begin very shortly. All right, so it's two o'clock in Canada, Montreal. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm here with Latoya Cooper, which I'll introduce very shortly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the Rockalypse Music Workshops. This is the last workshop for the year. Thank you so much for joining us today to learn about the music business on a Saturday. <laughs> so in the meantime, as we give people to join us, uh, we'll give a few seconds. Uh, introduce yourselves, let us know where you're from in the comments in the chat below. We want to know where you're from. Tell us, tell us where you're from. Hi Trisha from Ottawa. Teresa from Montreal, Quebec. Nice. Great. Awesome, so we'll get started. Oh, hi, Patrick from Montreal. Awesome, keep that going. Let us know where you're from, introduce yourselves. Let's have a little bit of virtual <laughs> networking. <laughs> awesome, so welcome again uh, to the Rockalypse Music Workshops presented by Syncopated Noise Foundation and Long McQuaid, next slide. So for those of you who are new, uh, the Rockalypse Music Workshops, uh, they're events that we host uh, every few months to empower independent musicians, provide knowledge about the music business, and get to learn directly from music industry professionals that we invite as speakers at these events. They are free for you to attend, thanks to the support of Factor Canada and our partners, Long and McQuaid. Uh, We're currently hosting them virtually. Uh, We plan on going back to the physical format as soon as we're able, so we'll have a 40 minute presentation, which will be followed by a live Q&A. So if you have any questions, um, let us know at the end, and Latoya, our speaker, which I'll introduce briefly, will be answering them. Next slide. Great. So today we have an amazing guest with us, Latoya Cooper. Uh, she's also known as the songstress. She's an amazing music entrepreneur and the founder of Music Meets the Boardroom, an educational platform for indie artists based in Texas. LaToya is a successful self-sustained businesswoman sought after by music industry channels for her expertise and fresh direct approach. She has spent the past decade in the project management space and holds a master's of music of business administration. She's a born visionary and accomplished recording and touring artist, entrepreneuress, and has been featured on Essence.com. As the artist to watch, Latoya uses her extensive know how to help indie artists shift their business model from surviving to thriving by leading with their superpower, nurturing their entrepreneurial traits, and building a clear path of action toward achieving their biggest goals. Latoya, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you so much for joining us and hosting this workshop.
1: Thank you, it is such a pleasure and I hope everyone can hear me clearly. It is an honor to be here. I have been looking forward to today and having the privilege to experience each and every one of you. So um, so it's now time for me to dig in, correct? All right, here we go, everybody. Now, um, just to make sure, I can i can they can hear me but i can't hear them is that correct correct okay perfect um so today we're here talking about music business agreements one-on-one right we're talking about the basics we're talking about the fundamentals the important components and um as artists as music business entrepreneurs agreements running our business as an actual business is very important it is key in our success. It's key in growing and expanding, um, just exposure, elevating our gift. It's, it plays a huge part in our success and the true desires that we see for ourselves with our gift. So, we're going to talk about these agreements. But first and foremost, we want to talk about why it's important to use these agreements. One is because we want people to take us seriously as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And two, because we function in a space of intangible assets. Intangible assets are intellectual property and they deserve to be protected. So our music that we create, our lyrics that we create, um, our pictures, any sort of photography, anything like that is and can be intangible assets and intellectual property, okay? So we're gonna talk more about that as well as other type of agreements. So when should we put an agreement into place? And so I've listed a few points here. It's not limited to these points, but here are some highlights that are very important. And so I'm going to kind of walk through these very quickly, but also provide some extra important points that are not on the, on this slide. Anytime you have a important deadline that is going to be affected and can trickle down other types of consequences. So for example, if you are in a studio working with a producer, other types of musicians, we wanna make sure that there is a meeting of the minds and that there are agreements that are put into place so that as you who are possibly the executive um, producer, because you're putting up your funds, you're investing your time, you're investing your talent and your gift. We wanna make sure that we meet those deadlines that may be important to you, right? That's so important. Also, if there's any time in exchange of money or funds, we wanna make sure that we have some sort of record and track that we paid someone. I always recommend artists, my clients, to never in cash. And, and even though we have so many ways to pay in terms of electronic form, there are still a lot of people who do this. And we wanna make sure that as a business, as an entrepreneur, that we are paying in a form where we can track, not only for record reasons, in terms of making sure that we pay people, but also for tax reasons, right? Um, and also not just paying taxes, but being able to, um, get your return on your investment. That's very important as well. Anytime that um, you're providing a service to a client, our venues are clients. Anyone that we come in contact is a client, right? So we want to make sure that there's a meeting of the minds and an understanding of what the expectation is, because even though we may be speaking to each other, what we're saying may come across differently but if we have it written down and it's clear to each other then we can make sure that we're making each other happy in that moment and what that expectation may be anytime it may affect future funds and let's talk about this a little bit more okay so oftentimes we're thinking about right now right the short-term gain, but as entrepreneurs It's important for us to think long term, not just about what's happening now and what it's costing us or what is what we're going to gain right now, but how is the decisions. And the movement that we're making now is going to affect our long term outcome and we'll talk about some artists who didn't think about this as they're rising in their career. We don't always think about how we're how the level of success that we're going to encounter until we actually encounter it, right? And then we have to look back and say, oh, I should have not signed that contract. I should have you know, thought twice about that or I should have actually took the time to read it. Um, if it affects your ability to use your work, this is why it's so important that if we're collaborating with other artists that we're putting certain types of agreements in place so that we can use that work and maximize it as much as possible. A word that is kind of like a, um, a word people don't like to use, but it's, it's fact, and it's called um, exploit, right? Exploit. We want to be able to exploit our work. Um, not leaving that necessarily in the hands always of other people to exploit our work right when other people do it it doesn't feel so good right it's like you know why are you pushing me to do this and pushing me to do that or using my gift or my talent in this way, but if we are able to really um, have our hands and rein on that and exploit our talents and gifts the way that we want to that benefit us long term, then we're more happy and more successful. Anytime it affects our ability to make an executive decision within our music career and business, we want to have some sort of agreement in place. Anytime a third party is required um, to be involved. Also, if you have plans for different type of uh, commercial placement, any sort of movie, film, anything like that, agreements are going to be requested. You know, do you own the copyrights to this agreement? Have you put in a trademark for this name? And and I'm gonna talk a little bit more details about that, but these are things that are gonna be asked and requested of you when you start to elevate in your music career, they're gonna be required. When you want to maintain confidentiality within a project, this is important at all levels, regardless if you are starting your very first music project or if you're on your 10th project, confidentiality is very important. And I'll talk about that here in a moment. And if I'm talking too fast, please let me know, okay. <laughs> um, establishing ownership, who owns what and who can do what with what. We wanna know that, that's very important. A paper trail. Having a paper trail is extremely important as you grow in your business, in your career, especially if you have intangible assets, and intellectual property, okay? A clear meeting of the minds, and most importantly, to avoid drama. We don't want the drama. We don't have time for the drama. We are busy, 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 (laughs) and this is going to help us keep that drama at bay. So let's get into the details, and let's talk about this a little bit more. Covering your investment. As artists, as musicians, the work that we do every single day clearly, as you know, is an investment. We spend hours working on our talent. We spend money working and growing and creating opportunity and being prepared for opportunity. Why not invest effort into protecting that simply by putting in an agreement in place. NDA. So I talked about anytime there's a sense of sensitivity around confidentiality, this can be anytime you're working with a second party or if that second party is working with a third party, don't be afraid to request an NDA. Um, let me give you an example of why this is important. There's been times where even at the beginning level, let's say for example, you have a band and you figured out a really, really awesome way to to create a unique sound that no one else has ever done. And you're working with other musicians. And then someone in the area, hears how awesome you are and says to a musician, Hey, will not you come and play drums with me Saturday night? Oh, no big deal. Doesn't seem like a big issue. Right. And then they start talking and like, oh, that band you're with, they're great. How did y'all get that unique sound? And what do you know? One of your bandmates have spilled your magic potion. <laughs> and now you got another band across town. That's got that same sound and it's no longer yours because we didn't put confidentiality agreements in place to have a meeting of the minds that what happens in this room stays in this room, okay? This agreement can be used for more than just your musicians. It can be used for producers. If you're branching out into other streams of revenue, you can use this as well. If you're writing a book, if you're creating a course, if you're working with a photographer, anybody who you're working with who may affect the success of your outcome can be asked to sign an NDA. Okay. And I want to make sure I'm not missing anything on here that might be important. I mentioned that competitive edge. That's very important. Partner with professionals. Let's talk about this. If you are working with an individual or or people who are really hesitant about possibly signing one of these, any sort of agreement that may benefit both of you, all parties, really take a moment to look at the level of that professional relationship, right? We always want to keep the end in mind. Where are we going? Where are we trying to be? And if we are working to build a career that's bright and successful and that flows and that and, and and money flows and opportunity flows, we want to make sure that we are working with people who are reflective of that. So sometimes you got to kind of reevaluate, hey, you know what, what is their goals compared to my goals at the end of the day. Okay, you can customize your agreement. You can customize that. And um, if you're needing help with that, that's something that I'm sure at a future workshop, someone can be able to help. If not, then um, you can reach out to me as well. So we're gonna keep going for time's sake. Split sheets. We always wanna be using split sheets. Anytime we are collaborating with other artists, before that collaborative experience starts to happen, we wanna make sure that there's an understanding that We're going to be using split sheets and we're going to be clear about who owns what, what percentage, and that every party is part of a um, PRO, right? Whether that's ASCAP and it may be different in Canada. I'm I'm not quite sure, but a part of a performance um, royalty type organization that monitors who owns what, where money should be going and, um, and things of that nature. This is going to be required for top opportunities. And this is going to be required anytime that you, you distribute your music, um, through a distribution company, you're going to need to know these details, or you're going to have to go back to those collaborative people to ask these details, but why not get it up front? Right. And be clear. Collaborative agreement. This ties back to your split sheet. Okay. So now. We have worked with artists, we've come up with this great music, this great opportunity, and we've sent it out to distribution, but yet we need to know who owns, who has the right to basically exploit this work and how can they do it, right? Let's say you have a split sheet and you have a meeting of the minds on who owns what percentage, but you don't have a meeting of the minds of if the song or the work can be licensed, what if one person doesn't want it to be licensed? What if they just wanna play it on the radio every weekend and they don't want it in commercials? What are you gonna do? You've spent money, right, as executive producer, and now you have a conflicting situation because you can't really move forward like you want to. So you wanna make sure you have a collaborative agreement in place that's clear about what you can do with that work of art after it is completed and shared with the world. Who collects the royalties and how do you collect the royalties? Is it gonna be collected through your distribution center um, service? And are they going to um, disperse those funds on behalf of all parties? Or is that something that someone involved is gonna have to do each month? That's something to ask and that's something to look at when you're selecting a distribution channel. Once again, I mentioned uh, licensing, making sure that you have permission to license and to share your work. Who defines how the project is released? Oftentimes that becomes an issue. So you wanna have an agreement of the minds in terms of that, that component. Who owns and manages the masters of this, of this work, right? So you may have parties who say, you know what? go send it out in the world, do what you want to do with it, share it as much as you can. And, and that that's fine. You can have that clarity in your collaborative agreement, but you may have someone who says, no, I want to be part of what happens to this work. This also can influence who you work with, right? So you want to kind of have this these type of conversations early on, not necessarily right after the work is completed because it might change your mind. you know, uh, you want to work with, you want to make sure you're on the same page with those that you work with. That's very important. Cover your future. We talked about that as artists. We have, um, we have intellectual property. That's very valuable. And oftentimes we don't know that. Work for higher agreements. This is something you would use if you're working with someone that you're paying outright for whatever reason. Sometimes you meet people, individuals, freelancers who don't really care about the future. <laughs> or, you know, they don't really care about royalties. They don't care about anything. They just want the money now and they just want to be paid by the hour or they want a flat rate, whatever that might be. You can have that agreement that conversation. And you want to have record that you paid them in full when the work is done. And what your level of expectation is for that time period in which they need to produce that work. Right? So this is when you would put a work for hire agreement in place. This is to protect your investment to to protect your time and make sure there's a clear meeting of the minds. Okay, once again, if someone is not willing to sign this that you've hired, you want to reevaluate that that business relationship for for future endeavors. Okay. Um, let's talk about exclusive rights, because this is something that is very important now in this time period, because we, you know, we went. Through a time period where live instrumentation was like the forefront of everything and. Now people are starting to use more um, instrumentation type of uh, electronic music and things like that, recorded types of tracks. And this is going to be even more important to you than ever. You can go out to websites and people are, you know, selling tracks and things and you're quick to just download that track and go off and do something with it. But you're not quite sure all the time about what you own in regards to that work this not only affects music, but this also can affect videos. This can affect photography type of work that you do. So you want to know if what the terms are, is there any sort of limitations to this exclusive right that you're agreeing to or unlimited um, options, right? Um, This is something that you can talk about and bring up with people that you're working with and I encourage it have the conversation about exclusive rights right so if you're creating a video a music video um with a photographer I mean with a videographer you want to make sure that you have the exclusive unlimited rights to that work and that the videographer does not Hold that—that that you didn't sign any sort of agreement. Read the agreement—the agreements that you don't sign any agreements that limit you, or creates opportunity for a, a second or third party to use your work without your permission because you want to be able to control how your brand is perceived publicly. Okay, so when you're purchasing and working with people, this is something to come to bring up in conversation, and. This is something you can create as well. If you're selling work, this is something you can do as well. But here's the deal with this. I recommend that with exclusive rights, you go out and you do more research and read on this. We of course just have 40 minutes today because there's this has very different components that can show up very differently. And you want to make sure that you're clear about what is going to suit your future needs. Okay. I mentioned this is not just related to music. This is videographers and photographers. If you have a videographer or photographer who is simply not willing to give you exclusive rights to your work, your content that you're paying them to create, ask yourself if that is something you're comfortable with. Let me give you a quick example of why um, you wanna do this. Let's say, for example, you've been working a year on a music project. You're you're taking pictures, you're um, getting ready for that release and to to start implementing your marketing plan. You work with a photographer, the pictures turn out phenomenal. You go home, two days later, you see your your cover, your album cover on the internet. (laughs) The photographer has shared your work without your permission. And guess what? The thrill is gone because everyone has seen it now. So this is very important. Okay. Let's talk about licensing agreements. This is tied back to that split sheet. This is tied back to that collaborative agreement. Okay. So we want, we have those two things in place and we want to make sure that we maximize and exploit this, this work of art that we've invested money in to as much as possible. This is where you're going to be able to take that work and license it out to other people. Now, um, our distribution channels, many will do this on our behalf for like YouTube and some of the more um, smaller revenue channels. But if you're wanting to really create uh, larger sums of revenue for yourself, you want to make sure that you're familiar with what a license agreement is, you understand uh, the terms and and the common conditions and that you're able to put this in place and you've done ev- all the previous work required in order for this to happen. Right. So a license agreement right to produce and sell a good apply um, apply a brand trademark or patent. Um, if you have, oh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till I get trademark talk about this. (laughs) So there's different types of licensing agreements. You want to go out and do the research, just read through them, just get familiar with the terms, the breakdown, um, of what that looks like. I highly recommend that if you are confronted or pursuing an opportunity where you want to, um, seek a licensing type of opportunities that you speak with a um, entertainment attorney, a contract attorney, and make sure that you are aware of um, of how you're moving forward with this. Okay. So I'm just going to share this because because I can't hear you, but you can hear me. Um, <laughs> let's just talk about some artists and how they've moved in relationship to agreements and contracts. So we've got TLC, who um, most people know who they are, and then we have Blueface. And let me tell you, I don't really—I've never heard Blueface's music. I, some people may know him; he's a rapper. Um, uh, uh, I think he's from New Orleans or something, um, or he may not even be American. I'm not sure. But I saw an interview with him, and he said something, and I literally wanted to come through that screen. <laughs> um, he said he didn't read his his record label contract. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't even know how much money he's making. Like he just literally just signed the contract. Artists do this all the time because of thinking right now, thinking right now. I just want that agreement. I want that opportunity right now, but they don't think about the long-term effects and what their true potential in terms of success is always, always see yourself at your full potential at your full vision and success and always function in that space and make sure every single decision is a reflection of your ultimate success okay so tlc same thing they wanted that opportunity but didn't think about the level of worldwide success they would have and they never really made money or their their investment the return on their investment never really happened because they didn't think about their long-term success. Okay. Copyright. We want to make sure that we are copywriting every song work that we are putting out into the world. I know social media is like, put it out now. We don't care. Just put your content out. No, (laughs) don't do that because you want to make sure that you're once again, receiving the return on that investment. Someone's not stealing your work. We're going to be talking about that here in a minute. So, um, copyright before you release your body of work owner defines how work is used. This is important. Whenever you're getting ready into those higher level opportunities, copyright record is required. You will need a split sheet in order to complete this. If you are collaborating with other artists or you will have to go back and ask a lot of questions. Let's talk about trademark because this is something that we don't talk about enough in music. This is so important. We see artists every day who are beat, their brand is being stolen. Their ideas are being stolen. And at Music Meets Support Boardroom, this is like a huge thing for me. I am a true advocator for, an advocate <laughs> for trademarking. So if you have a stage name, Right, that's a unique stage name that's really catchy. That is reflective. is reflective of your brand, and and it's a key component to your growth and success. And it's not your government name. Make sure that you're trademarking. Take the time to figure out that process. Work with an entertainment attorney and trademark that name so that you are the person that is reaping the benefits of your investment. Let me share this with you really quick. I'm not sure how we're doing on time, but uh, let me share this with you really quick. Oftentimes, when we're growing in our careers, wherever we are, we kind of assume, I'm not gonna say everybody does this, but a lot of people assume that no one's really paying attention to me like that, right? Opportunities coming, but no one's thinking about what I'm creating and building. Investors, people who understand intellectual property can see potential and opportunity. And let me tell you, the first thing they do is go out and see if you trademarked your work. That's the first thing they do. And if you're someone who's still building, oftentimes people who don't have the best intention assume that you don't know and you're not smart enough and you don't have enough money to fight back. So they usually will target people who are starting out, who have great ideas, before they'll steal from people who are established because the assumption is you're not gonna do anything about it, but we wanna change that. So we're having this conversation. So trademark, look into it, go for it, okay? Patent, same thing. Um, look into this, um, if you have invented something that is helping other artists, um, an item, a product or something like that, make sure that you put into, you, you um, apply for a pending patent on that, okay? All right, here's three more artists these three artists and we're going to go through this really quickly. What they have in common is that they started their careers once again didn't keep the end in mind or had to kind of be required to do something. um, Particularly what I'm going to talk about is they didn't own their masters. So other people was making a fortune off of their work, but they wised up. And later in their careers, they went back and spent millions of dollars buying back their master's. You own your master's until you sign it over to someone else, until you agree to sign it over to someone else. So when you sign over your master's, if you read the contracts in agreements, you're going to know whether or not you're signing that over. If you take the time to read in detail and you work with an entertainment attorney, I encourage you any sort of Big contract, work with the entertainment attorney, make that investment. And now Rihanna's a billionaire because of it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about venue artist agreements. This is something that kind of gets passed up often, but if you are being managed. Um, You have a manager or you have someone who's booking on your behalf, especially you want to use this as well. But this is more even more important in these type of situations. You want to make sure you understand what they have committed you to. Sometimes you'll see artists who will find themselves in venues or expected to do certain things in performances. And they get there and they're like, I didn't I don't do this. I don't know what you're talking about. And oftentimes you have the middle person who's agreed to this arrangement. So you want to make sure that um, you're clear about what the expectation is for the person who has booked you and is paying you, the length of your performance, the cancellation policy. What is that going to cost you if you have to cancel because of a sickness or weather or or a pandemic? You know what I mean? And uh, guest list, your writer, load in process. What exactly is that? What does that look like? and service agreements. If you're providing a service or good, um, establishing a good work relationship and keeping everybody on the same page in terms of your customers. Now in this season, artists, we're we're, we're getting even more creative about how we use our gift. And so we're not only performing, but we're providing other types of services and goods. And we wanna make sure we have a service agreement so that we can avoid, future misunderstandings, people changing their minds, and having a clear record of what we're providing. Freelancers, we're collaborating with people, we're paying people, making sure that we're issuing those 1099s. I'm not sure in Canada, if it might be a little different. Is it the same?
0: More or less the same, similar.
1: (laughs) Similar, okay. So um, anytime you're working with a freelancer, um, that's doing work for you over as it, it says here, $600 or more, you want to make sure you're issuing a 1099, um, for tax reasons for, and also if you're working with like a city, let's say the city of Montreal hires you for an event and a festival, they're going to pay you. And they're also going to report that to a tax, uh, outlet, right. And so you want to have record of that payment. You want to make sure that you're not getting yourself in any sort of tax binds or expectations that maybe that trick you up later. And then also this is a great way to keep record of your investment so that you can, you know, start to report those things that you are investing money in that you want to start being uh, reimbursed for. Two more artists. Now this one is good. Um, once again, keeping that long-term vision in mind, JoJo, not sure how many of you know who, uh, JoJo. And then you've got Prince. Prince, once again, Prince is amazing. He's a worldwide success. JoJo was in a bad contract. She signed a bad contract really, really young. I mean, I don't even think she was 18. She signed a bad contract. She was in this bad contract for 10 years. Those 10 years, she could not release music the way she needed to. She is finally, I believe, out of that contract. And oh my gosh, her voice, I can't believe her voice was muted for so long. Such a talent. Same thing with Prince. Prince got creative though. He reinvented himself as a symbol to work around the limited agreement that he, put, that he signed, right? So technically he couldn't use his name. So that means he didn't own it. If he can't use his name, it means he didn't trademark it. Somebody else did and he didn't own it. So he had to come reinvent himself as a symbol so that he could release music to the world the way that he wanted to do that. But if we trademark early, we don't have to worry about that because we're, we, are we are smart. We're thinking ahead. Um, how are we on time? Just, just clarification. That's one. We're good. Okay. <laughs> I was making sure I wasn't like going too fast and then going too slow. Um, we talked about these agreements and there are other agreements that we, we didn't talk about quite yet today um, that it's important to explore. But here's the reality of the situation. We've got these agreements, right? We know how important they are, they are. We have more clarity around these agreements. Now we have to implement them. And sometimes there can be fear around that. Sometimes we can be afraid of how someone may respond to us. If we're asking for something to be in place. And I just want to share something very powerful with you today. And that is, there is no friendship in business. This is not a bad thing. This does, this is not mean or anything like that. There's friendship and there's business. It's not personal. It's just business. So we wanna make sure that we are working with individuals who understand this because by not making sure this is clear, it can affect our growth and direction in which our music careers grow and how our business grows. And we want both to thrive, okay? So make sure we're working with, or we're having open dialogue and communication with people who understand You're awesome, you're wonderful, I respect you, but we gotta take care of that business as well, okay? Um, Lastly for me is um, if you enjoy today, one thing that I always ask um, wonderful individuals like yourself that I have the pleasure of experiencing is to leave a Google review. Um, It should be a link in the um, chat box Just leave a Google review of this experience today. Your feedback helps us help other people. And that's the most important thing. And because we are more of an internet-based society, people can't walk in a room and kind of determine whether they like something or not. They kind of want to know upfront. Your review helps to build um, opportunity for people to allow this information to be shared with them so thank you so much everybody um also the link to our new website is in the chat box as well and go out explore we just been work we just started working on this new website like 30 days ago because we're trying to prepare for 21 for 2021 and so there's some things that still need to be kind of Quirked and tweaked and things like that. But overall, it's there. And so go out and enjoy and explore. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask. And uh, I'm happy to answer your questions.
0: Amazing. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Toya. We'll take the questions now. So if you have any questions, let us know in the QA. We already have one coming. So I'm going to read it out to you. Okay. Trisha wants to know. When I register my songs with the PRO, are they automatically copyrighted, or is there a different process for
1: copyrights? Great question. The answer is no, (laughs) you've got to go out and you've got to copyright your music separately. Now in Canada, it might be a little different, but here in the U S it's, it's a two, it's actually a three-step process. Let me break this down for you. So, you are going to copyright your music on your government website, whatever that might be. Right. Then you're going to go out to your PRO, um, ASCAP BMI, if that's what you're using or, or something similar. So-can- I know with- in, in, in Canada. I'm sorry. So can we have so can. Okay. It's different. Okay. So in that system, it's going to have you uh, register your music and here, it makes you register as, a, uh, as the owner of the music and owner of the songwriter. Is it the same there in Canada? Do You have to do two separate registrations or just one? I'm not an expert in that. Okay, okay. Well, that's something to look into. So that's a question to ask yourself. Um, when you go into that uh, PRO system, look and make sure or give them a call and ask. When I register my music, Is this does this cover everything or do I have to register as just the songwriter and the musician and I have a feeling that that might be the case because You have oftentimes you have two different people right you have people who are just the songwriters and you have people who create the music so I'm pretty confident that that may be the same way in Canada too, to avoid issues. So it's really a a three possibly a three step issue, but to ask those questions. Yeah, and the best way would be to reach out to them
0: directly and ask those questions because they're the best people that would be able to, to answer them and give you more details as to the process. Perfect. Thank you so much, Trisha, for that question. Thank you.
1: There are there any other questions so far? Any other questions? Um, I want to say this. I uh, meant to say this at the very beginning. I am not an attorney, so I'm not you know I'm not an attorney. I want to make sure that's clear. Um, Who I am is someone who's passionate about our work and it being protected. And I have the conversation around these types of agreements to build comfort, understanding, and just exposure to what, what we need to know as artists. General awareness on the
0: process, which is so important. Yes, absolutely. And definitely have uh, people review like entertainment lawyers review your contracts so you can then have the expertise of, of, you know, a professional that will be able to help in those areas. But this is all great because it's a great overview overview of what the things that you need to think about to protect your work. So Latoya, thank you so much. That was uh, was amazing. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, In the meantime, we'll move on to the next slide. If you have any additional questions, just let us know. Um, so you can stay up to date with our workshops, we'll be resuming in March 2021, uh, but subscribe for updates at syncopatednoise.org workshops. If you have any topic submissions or ideas that you want us to cover uh, for upcoming workshop topics, please let us know. It's important for us so we can tailor these events based on your interests and needs. Also, make sure to follow Syncopated Noise Foundation on our social media platforms as well as Music Meets the the Boardrooms. Here's the links uh, in the chat. You will see it, um, you will see them on the side. Our project coordinator, Francesca has been posting them. Thank you so much. And uh, also consider making a donation to support our workshops. As mentioned, we keep these events free for you so you can have free access to music business knowledge. We'll be posting the PayPal link uh, in the chat as well. And thank you everyone for being here with us today. We will see you in March, 2021. Thank you and have a great weekend. Thank Thank you, everybody. Thank
1: Thank you. you so
0: much. Bye. Bye.